0: Welcome to Monday Sportif. Follow us on Twitter at, at Monday Sportif LDN. Welcome to Monday
1: Sportif, where you can now find this podcast on the Newsly app. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment... And reads them to you in a natural
0: human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. You can browse articles from topics you choose and start playing,
1: stop scrolling, start listening.
0: You can follow any topic as specific as you like, from sports, science to Bitcoin and the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you. And they have podcasts, Rick
1: as well explore trending podcasts from over 50 countries our podcast monday sportive podcast is there too
0: that's right now download and use the newsly app for free uh, following the link www.newsly.me or from the link in the description below and we have a promo code for one month's free premium subscription get on it now Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Monday Sportive podcast. It's episode 11, Rick. We've got a great
1: episode coming up. We've Tell got, me. We've got our new boxing feature, which is Sport de Song, oh. which is uh, Liam O'Hare, which is a pro boxer. We've got a, a great chat with him and our new co-host as well, which is Rob Shrew from Twitter.
0: Oh, it's exciting times. We've also got Everything Football, our recap on the latest events latest and greatest events of uh, the premier league and we've got uh, your hot take this week oh hot takes hot takes let's go so alex i'm going to take you back in time in my little tiny portal device i've just invented go on right right but it's the the day is the 5th of february right and it's uh, tottenham at home against southampton and on the cards was a Tottenham win, wasn't it? On the cards would be a pure, I'd say a 3-1 victory to Spurs, I think they would think. Well, spoiler alert, that didn't happen. Uh, final score was Spurs, or Tottenham Hotspur 2, Southampton 3.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, what, what, what an amazing game that was. Um, it, again, you, you look at that game before, Spurs on the up with Conte. You know, you, you looked at that match and you only thought it would be a Tottenham win, wouldn't you, at home? Well,
0: but... yeah, Southampton, you, you think they're an easy team to beat, but no, 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 no more are they an easy team to beat because their goals were some classy goals and Spurs, one of the Spurs goals was even an own goal. No. It's, it's just a bit rubbish. Yeah,
1: Southampton at the moment, uh, uh, the, the, Hassan Houtel has got them playing some f- fantastic football. They're currently standing 10th in the league. We are going to come on to him later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a great victory at Tottenham. What happens, to Tottenham, what happens to Tottenham now?
0: Well, I don't know, I don't know. But all I know is that it was a really entertaining game and I think Southampton deserved the win. I mean, Brozier, the 20-year-old Chelsea uh, player from uh, Afghanistan, he's, um, he's on point at the moment. He's got six goals in 20 games, which doesn't sound like a lot, but this is his, I think this is his first proper season in the Premier League.
1: I think Bro- is looking like a really, really dangerous player and he, he gets himself in those sort of positions that defenders hate and he's he's sticking the he's sticking the ball in the back of the net. There's not much else you can ask and for. And he's is strong there? as well.
0: He's a strong player. But I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy a little bit of Spurs' Spurs's uh, troubles that they're going through. They've got such an amazing stadium. But yet they never bring in any silverware back. And that's, from a Chelsea point of view or a London point of view, that's quite... What about you as a QPR fan? Well,
1: yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm quite used to that, aren't I? But um, well, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're calling it uh, they're calling it Spursy now, isn't it? Well, when Spurs go on these particular sort of runs, they're, they're saying it's a very Spurs-y moment. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what happens or where, where they go from here. because, you know, Like you said, Rick, they've got the stadium... Um, they, they 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 have got some good players. They 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 seem to be lacking a few in 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 sort of midfield and especially at the back. I mean, you always going to talk about their defence because it's all over the place. Well, isn't that's it? the
0: thing. Because rewind forward in our time machine to the future, to the thirteenth of February, which is still technically the past, and they were at home again against Wolverhampton, um, and they lost two 0 And it, those both games shows how weak they are in defence. The amount of mistakes they've made, including Hugo Lloris, who is who is playing really well. I mean, he made so many saves against Wolves. It could have easily been 4-0, but the way he just pours the ball away, it just leaves, it just leaves trouble in the box. All you need to do is, if you're an, an attacking player against Spurs, just stand in the box and wait for the ball to drop well, at your
1: feet. it's actually a funny one because I don't know if you heard Conte talking after the game, but he, he was basically sort of... You know, ripping into like his Tottenham team, but also having little sort of slight digs at the owners. I don't know if you heard that, but I didn't he's that, no. it's a strange one. I mean, that, that Conte. There's no doubt is a world class manager. We've seen it. We've seen him dominate with Juventus. We've seen him come to Chelsea. We've spoken about Conte a lot in this podcast.
0: Um I just don't know. Yeah, I I think. I said it before and I'll say it again. I think he was waiting for the Man United job, but it didn't come up soon enough. And he took the, He took the Spurs job. Probably I don't know why. Maybe money or whatever. But you know, you know, the owner of, of Tottenham isn't flexible with things. He's not flexible with money. He's not been flexible Dan, with the Harry Daniel Kane Levy, thing. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Levy, yeah. I mean, because I mean, you can see Kane's confidence or lack of this season. He's played twenty-one games. He's only scored five goals. He's got two assists. And that's in 21 games. Last season, bearing in mind, obviously, that was a full season, he got 23 goals. We're over halfway through the season, he's only got five goals. What's going on? I don't know. It's just,
1: if you look at Tottenham this season, and even if you look at Arsenal as well, both North London clubs, they've just been through the mill this season. They've had all sorts of dramas. And, you know, you had the Kane drama for Tottenham. You got the Aubameyang sort of debacle, debacle with with Arsenal. You had Arteta with that strange start to the season where they couldn't like even pass during a pass I, together. But I think
0: what it is is they're just putting they just expect Spurs expect Kane to do all the work and Son to get the odd goal and Lucas Moura to maybe get even less than that. And with Arsenal, they're just praying that Saka gets the goals. And it's just it's not it's not that's not how you build a football club. City is showing you and and. And uh, Liverpool are showing you how it's done because their team are scoring goals and Chelsea are trying to do it, but they're not scoring as many. But that's just another issue altogether.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if we're looking at the top of the Premiership at the moment, you've got Man City perched up at the top. Liverpool trying to sort of mount a challenge behind. They've got Mane and Salah back from the, from the AFCON. You know, I, I've, I think we touched on it last week. Are we looking at it being a Manchester United title winning season again?
0: You mean Man City yeah. and yes. Yeah, I think Man City, I think they've won it. I think Liverpool will be about a couple of points behind them. But I think that's it. I think City are too strong.
1: Moving on to that. Now, we've had a little look um, back at the Premier League. Now, the Champions League is back. It is. The Champions League, you know, is fi- finally back. Um, it's, it's, it's a great knockout competition. There's plenty of decent teams left in it. Um, the, the games last night you had Sporting Lisbon versus Man City it was an absolute routing from Man City um, 5-0 um, to Man City you had De Bruyne spraying balls all round the park I mean that guy I mean De Bruyne I mean not. it's not until you watch him play I mean he, he's one of what, the best what isn't he? a fantastic when he's, when he's, when he's not
0: injured he's one of the best if he, could avoid, if he avoided injury because I know it knocked him a bit you know, it'd be it'd be the top dog every single season.
1: Yeah, and Man City went to Sporting Lisbon. They absolutely crushed them five nil. Bernardo, he's finished for the first goal. The shot from he must have been about I don't know how he was just inside the penalty box. The way he struck that ball. And the precision of the shot was just phenomenal. Bernardo Silva's having a fantastic season for, for Man City. Do, do we think Man City are going to keep hold of him? Is it likely that
0: he stays? Or I think he'll stay there until, until he goes to America to do his retirement thing that everyone else seems to be doing, which is the end thing. I think that's what's going to happen. He's, he's loved by them. I don't see the issue. I, see, I think he's going to be there for the foreseeable. So dominance from Man City in
1: Lisbon... Are we saying this could be the year for Pepperman City to win the Champions League?
0: Yeah, I think I think why not? I mean, obviously you've got so, uh, the Champions League. I mean, it's my second favorite cup competition. Can you guess what my first is? FA Cup. Yes, it is. I think we
1: share the same the same glamour of the FA Cup.
0: <clears throat> we do. But no, but obviously you've got players on their best behavior. They're doing, they're in front of the lights. They want to shuffle their goodie Moves and all the sexiness and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think City have really got what it takes. Um, I, the way Real Madrid are playing at the moment and, and other stuff. And PSG are OK. And
1: Well, yeah, moving on to that game. PSG versus Real Madrid at the Parc du Princes in Paris. It's it's a great stadium. It was 1-0 to PSG. They completely dominated Real Madrid. 21 shots and goal. Lots of possession. You've got amp- Mbappe running around and sort of d- destroying the defence what happened to Real Madrid I mean they, they just didn't turn up
0: yeah they didn't turn up they just it feels it feels like they went there for a draw and they I don't know they probably felt unlucky that they lost but they deserved to lose and Mbappe's got the end I mean you've seen it haven't you it's, it's just it's, it's just it's like world class you know for me
1: it's, it's reminiscent of uh, Thierry Henry and it, it was that sort of Thierry Henry, how many times did we see him pick the ball up in a wide position, cut in, in uh, onto his right and, and just put it into the corner? It, just it, it, slot it, it home. I mean, when you when you watch a player like Mbappe and Henry do that, it, they make it look so easy. They, they, they yeah. make football look easier and that is a sign of a world class striker
0: he's the kind of he's the kind of kid you'd see in the park he's just taking around everyone and he's miles above everyone else and he's playing against people yeah. a lot older than him and he's just making them look silly and he, and he's loving it and it's quite ironic that he scored against Real Madrid because I think that's where he's going to be going when his contract runs out at the end of the season well, that,
1: that remains to be seen. What I will say, Courtois, your old friend from Chelsea, Rick. Oh,
0: he is my Co- friend, Co- yes.
1: Courtois, uh, the Belgian, had a fantastic game in goal for Real Madrid. He pulled off some some great stops. He showed what a good goalkeeper he is. And also now, on his CV, he can gladly write in there and show that he has saved... The messiah's penalty—that is, uh, Lionel Messi.
0: Yeah, it was, it was an all-right penalty. It was—it was a good save, and um, yeah, I, I think Courtois doing well because I know he started off quite poorly in Real Madrid and he got a lot of hate, um, and he's—he's he's turned it around. He's—he's quality—he's quality goalkeeper. Well, what I'm going to say is,
1: I think it was a—I think it was a pretty good penalty. I think Messi's approached the ball. He's—he's he's hit it to the corner. Courtois—it just seems like a goalkeeper on form, and he—you know—it was—it was—it was a great save. What I need to ask you, Rick, before we move on from everything football, who is your team to win the Champions League this season?
0: I'm going to shock you. Are you ready to be shocked? Go on then. Manchester City. Manchester City. I personally, and I know we want to
1: try and create a little bit of talking point on the podcast, but I actually can't see past Man City. I think this season's their season. I think you've got Chelsea, who are have shown to be a good cup team. Uh, Juventus have now got Vlavovic and Zakaria. Is that enough for them to mount a challenge for the Champions League this year? I don't think so. Uh, you, you've still got some decent teams in there. You've got Inter Milan and Liverpool playing tonight. I think they're going to take chunks out of each other. Yep. Um, Inter Milan are a great team. They're playing very well in the Serie A. I think they might be second behind AC Milan at the moment.
0: And their kit, like the snakeskin blue and black. Oh, oi ve.
1: Inter Milan and and Nike have actually oh, they've done a great they job. They always do
0: good kits though. Their yeah. kits every time even though they've got the two colors and it's usually just very simple, they just do such a good job.
1: I'm going to take my hat hat off to Nike because usually I've, I I find Nike contemplate a lot of their kits and clubs yeah. which which is fair enough but with Inter Milan they 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 have really created a fantastic Do you I'm- remember
0: that kit That Spurs had, I think it must have been last season. It was like they're awake. It was like purple and yellow, and it looked exactly the same as the training kit from another football club, and it was just like a copycat.
1: I I, I think Nike, yeah, can can template their kits, but yeah. So um, that is everything football, Rick.
0: It is indeed. Are you ready for some hard takes? Let's go.
1: Hello, and welcome to a new feature on Monday Sportif. That is Sport This Song. And we are looking at all things boxing, venturing into the boxing world, with my co-host on this feature, Rob Shrew from Twitter. Rob, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, not bad, mate. You okay?
1: Not bad at all, mate. Good and th- this week, we have a very special guest, which is Liam O'Hare, who is a pro boxer from Hereford. We are going to discuss his second pro fight. Liam, welcome to Monday Sportif.
3: Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me on, mate. Appreciate it. It's an
1: absolute pleasure. Um, so we, we, we're going to talk about a few things uh, boxing-related throughout this feature. First and foremost, Liam, introduce yourself and uh, tell us about your upcoming fight.
3: So, yeah, I'm a pro boxer from Hereford, um, as you said. But... Um... Upcoming fight, I've taken it on short notice, but um, I'm feeling fit and ready. Uh, it's going to be 25th of February, uh, in, in Birmingham. Um, yeah, just just looking forward to it, really.
1: Awesome, yeah. Um, it's Friday, fight night, 25th of January, in the East Side Rooms in Birmingham.
3: Sorry, 25th it's- February.
1: Oh my fault of February. Yeah. Um, Short past January. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 25th of February, it's forty pounds for a standard ticket. £75 for a ringside, which is pretty decent, uh, decent prices there. We are gonna put the link to the fight, which is all gonna be in the description in this podcast. Um so make sure you take a look on that. Um have, have you got any questions at all, Rob, for Liam is for his up and coming fight? Yeah, you
2: said it was um at late notice. What what brought that about and um have you got to make a weight cut to to you know to to make weight beforehand or are you are you pretty much at the weight it needs to be?
3: Yeah, I, I do. I sort of, sort of, rookie era really. I sort of had a bit too good of a Christmas, <laughs>
2: um,
3: and then uh, following Christmas, I knew I needed something to sort of. Well, then I had COVID actually after that. So yeah, I basically, was on my back for about four six to four weeks or something following Christmas or following my last fight, um, and then I sort of knew I needed to get focused on something. So I messaged my manager and I was like, "Oh right, I really need a fight. I need a fight. Get me get me a fight, sort of thing." um just so i had a date i was obviously thinking you know eight weeks in advance six weeks in advance but then he's like i got one 25th of february do you want it i was like "Ah, oh, go on then so <laughs> so i sort of stick stitched myself up with it but um yeah i was meant to be fighting at super middleweight but he couldn't find me anyone at super middleweight so uh i'm having to cut all the way down to middleweight so i've got a stone to drop this week um which should be fun. Yeah. But I'm feeling I'm feeling fit enough for it. So, I've been training really hard over the last well, the th- in 3 week fight camp. I've done as much training as I can. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Those are <laughs> those uh weight cuts can be savage as well. I mean, you see some extreme ones in UFC, don't you? Um Yeah. I mean, especially how, UFC. how can you do such an extreme weight cut in a short space of time um but still keep your power and your speed? Is it can you do that healthily?
3: Um it's this this time it's a bit of a challenge but Mm. i'm doing it as healthy as i can like i've got a good team behind me so i've got i've got my nutritionist who literally cooks my food for me nice uh and sends it to me which makes it a lot easier because you know when you're sort of counting your own like weighing up your own rice and stuff it's easy to cheat yourself but with him doing it for me he just sends it to me and i eat it and that's that and the weight drops off yeah so it's hard but as long as i like space it out right and stuff like that I I still have energy at the right times. So at at the moment, it basically, it feels like I flag all morning. I'm dying. And I have Mm -hmm. my first, I I have like a a cereal bar and like a banana for breakfast, Um, run five miles to work, work all day. And I don't have my first meal till one o'clock at which point I literally, I feel like I could, uh, well, I dunno, I just, I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm not a very good hangry person, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, but then I have two meals then quite quick. Um, with little spacing, so I've got good energy then for when I'm training later. So I've got the energy when I need it, sort mm. of thing.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Quick, quick question to you, Liam. So um when it comes to obviously dropping down, um shredding all that weight, like uh, Rob said, you know, you, there, there must be some sort of loss in, in, in power there. I know it's only your second pro fight, but do, do, do you still have... Yeah, confidence coming into this fight though regardless of, of the weight loss
3: Um, it's a tricky one because obviously you're so used to being a heavier weight and then all of a sudden this weight drops off so you, you almost, the power almost stays the same because you, you're gaining that extra bit of speed just from the weight not being on your arm <laughs> do you know what I mean it's, um, <laughs> it's, you get a little bit more snap um, as long as you have the energy I think it's the energy that's the key because obviously yeah. when you're at a heavy calorie deficit and you're proper flagging I mean, I, I, just, I say we've all been there, but I, I've been there when I've been on a 10 mile run and like, you know, I'm, I start off a decent pace and I run out of food in my belly and I, I just feel myself starting to flag and I really have to troop through the last sort of three or three, three or four miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously it's just important to make sure you're not, you've got the right food in your belly for what you need to do at the time sort of thing. Yeah. but then just die for the rest of the day basically
2: (laughs) what about water do you how much water you allowed to take on
3: so actually because it's such such because obviously it's a two-week cut really Mm. um i've actually had to limit water intake already um as a way to try and which is obviously that's not not a sensible way to do it but it's just you know needs must so i need to make sure i can hit the weight once i'm down to weight this week i can then up water intake a bit next week and now i can just sort of sweat it off if i need to for the weigh-in
2: yeah
3: um and obviously, with, with this fight, it's because uh, of COVID. It actually, did me a load of favors because, because uh, of COVID, a lot of the time on the smallest shows like this, uh, you'd actually have to weigh in the same day. But obviously, because of COVID, they've got the weigh in day before now. So um, obviously, I can rehydrate and you know get the coconut water and bananas and stuff in me to help me hydrate after yeah. the fight. After the weigh in, sorry, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you will be having a bit more of after the fight. Oh god, yeah,
3: yeah. I- I, I, I got to eighty three after the fight.
1: <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, to be honest with you, um, Liam, like he, hearing the sort of diary or you know the nutrition of a pro boxer, it 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 sort of massively puts that sort of um, the the onus on you know what, what us as boxing fans when you're watching like these boxers drop all the weight and then fight, and we're sort of sometimes we we, we can be quite sort of what's the word uh, critical of these boxers. You don't realise what boxing what you have to put your body through really do you you know
3: yeah yeah it's a mental drain and it put it puts strain on every other element of your life and the people around you as well like it's not just the boxers that have it rough during fight camp it it tends to be their partners and their kids and all the rest of it as well um it's it's definitely hard on everyone which is why it's so useful to have a good support team around you as a a professional boxer or, or ufc fighter or anything that involves that sort of weight cut yeah
2: yeah, definitely. Uh, Rob, any, do you want to add anything else? Um, about, about, a bit about your opponent as well. Do you know much about him? You said it was obviously last minute and, and um, um, your manager said, you know, we've got this guy. Here you go, if you, if you fancy it. Um, what do you know about him?
3: So my manager, he's basically said it's a, the perfect opponent for me, apparently, at this weight. I've just got to drop the weight and it's the perfect opponent. It'll be a real good fight. Um named josh hodgkins mm-hmm. um i thought he might have typoed it because i couldn't find him on box but apparently not and so i still can't find him on box so i'm i'm sort of going in a bit dark for this one but apparently he's had fights and stuff so i'm not really sure why he yeah. he's not showing on box uh which is a bit bit odd but um i'm sure it will be a good fight my manager my manager is 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 good 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 for it normally so
1: yeah i mean um i i, I found a josh Hod- hodkins but um anyway i mean like like you said um liam in in situations like this you have to try and keep um you know you have to try and just you know trust your manager it's, it's only your second pro fight, so i suppose you just have to you know to try and um just trust trust his opinion i suppose
3: yeah 100 percent. he's been in the game a, a long time um And he he actually originally managed Brad Foster for a time, so you know he he knows what he's doing,
2: Um,
3: and he's got boys there before, sort of thing. Mm. Um, I will say actually, as as an add on to this whole whole weight loss kafuddle that I don't plan on doing it again.
2: Um, I don't (laughs) plan on doing it.
3: I think it's been a a hard lesson learned, and um, from now on, I think I'm going to try and stay in the region of of my own weight class so it's only a small cut so i could focus more on getting the training in and sharpening up and stuff like that yeah just,
1: just quickly, okay, on,
3: Sorry. Yeah,
1: but just, just quickly on, on the note of i mean i know we're sticking to this quite a lot at the moment but let's just go with it quickly so in terms of the sort of dramatic rate weight loss when we're looking at um fighters and you'll notice yourself Liam, and probably yourself as well rob but when you're looking at fighters i, I know um sort of everyone looks at Ricky Hatton as being the, the, the guy who sort of drops that amount, of, you know, so much weight before a fight. Do you reckon we we could have potentially have seen a different career for Ricky Hatton? I know he had a shiny career anyway, but had he cut out certain things, do you reckon it, it could have propelled him even further into the sport? I, I,
3: definitely, I definitely think so. And I, th- I think most of all, it affects the longevity of your career in terms of how long you can keep fighting, because uh, I think the yo-yoing and stuff, it really messes with your metabolism and then it becomes really hard to like to sort of not yo-yo as it were yeah yeah uh, yeah I think it's like once once you start it just gets harder and harder not to but um I definitely I definitely think Ricky hatton could have done some great 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 even better things in boxing um but as you say he did phenomenal things anyway so I'm it, sure you yeah. beat up about it <laughs> I, think,
2: I think part of that was what um endeared people to him in a way as well wasn't it you know he was um in between his fights he he didn't exactly uh, live a life did he but at the same time he um you Know he was in the pub with the lads, and um, he, he probably wouldn't have had the following he, he had if he had stuck to the, the life, if you know what I mean.
3: Yeah, that's
1: I, a very good point. I, I actually, yeah, to, to be honest with you, Rob, I you know, I, I didn't think of it that way, but I, I remember a few of my, my friends went across, um, to ve- Vegas and watched oh, wow. like, okay, yeah, and um, and, and you're right in saying you know, everyone was going there because they knew what Hatton would be in the bars afterwards, and you know, he, he, he sort of bought that crowd together so you may be right maybe this you know sometimes when it comes to boxing and sp- the stars align and it has, things happen for a reason maybe yeah. that's all it is yeah. um anything anything else you want to add at all but about your fight liam before we, we move on at all or
3: uh yeah buy buy tickets and buy them from me
2: <laughs> yeah well um when we're done here if, if you're on twitter and that if you want us to uh sort of share some posts and stuff just let us know
3: yeah, that would be amazing. Because, as you said, with Ricky Hatton and his following, it is a lot to do with uh, ticket sales and getting out there. As to how regularly and stuff, you can fight and get yeah. those opportunities for yeah. titles and that.
2: Definitely. Um, yeah. So, absolutely. Which
3: is, a sh- which is a shame, as well as as well as anything else. But um, is what it is.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I spoke to someone the, the, the other day, and I mentioned it, and that, that they said it's, it's just they shrugged their shoulders and they just said it's just boxing. That's you know a part of it is You have to sell tickets, and it's and that's the end of it, isn't it? So yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that, actually, it,
2: uh, I did actually find the guy on Box rec earlier. Um, he um, the the guy that you're fighting. Yeah. Um, and um, he's got a losing record, um, but he's only been stopped once, so that should be interesting. Um, oh
3: yeah, no. See, this this wasn't the guy. This is that's who I thought it was. Oh. It's, it's spelled Josh Hodgkins with a with a K in it.
2: Ah, oh, okay. Um, so it's a different guy.
3: Yeah, this is it. Because <laughs> I thought my manager must have sent me a typo with the name, but he said, no, it's definitely Josh Hodgkins. Yeah. And it wasn't that super well. I assumed that because he was from Birmingham. That's right. Yeah. It
2: made made class, perfect sense, didn't it? Yeah.
3: Yeah. So I really don't know who I'm getting. Um, but I, I do I do imagine it will be a journey when it being be in my second fight and on short notice, but um, yeah. just not sure not sure who. Maybe yeah. it's not. Who knows? Maybe he's throwing me a curve.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it, it, it'll be interesting either way. And, and you know, I, we, I, we're following you, Liam. And I'm, Definitely. I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll get the, the right result on the night. You've, you're a dedicated boxer. Um, and you, if, if people follow Liam, Liam O'Hare on, on Instagram, you'll see all of his training. It's so interesting to see. It's all of Liam's training and obviously you'll see a lot of the weight loss stuff going on as well. So we'll, we'll put that out with, with the uh, podcast as well, Liam.
3: I really appreciate that, guys. Uh,
1: hey, Liam, just
2: one question. You said you run to work. <laughs> what what do you do for a living?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm actually training to be an accountant uh, oh, nice. at the moment. Um, you know, my mum always told me not to put all my eggs in one basket, as yeah. it were. But,
2: um, hey, that's a great backup, mate.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's quite nice to have... Um... You know, it's sort of, sort of quite an exciting profession with the boxing, and then maybe more of a sort of obviously a less exciting one. Um, on the as you go along with it, because obviously, um, I don't know, it just sort of helps to be sat at a desk, doesn't it? When you're doing all that training outside, yeah, so,
2: yeah, 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 definitely. Fair play to you,
1: awesome. Um, so, um, what we're going to do, gents, we're going to move, move along. Um, um so we're going to look at some of the fights that have happened recently. The first fight I want to have a little look at uh, happened in Cardiff, not far from Hereford and Shrewsbury, I'm sure, uh, which was <laughs> Eubank Jr. fighting Liam Williams at middleweight. Uh, have both of you had a chance to have a look at the fight?
3: Yeah, I, yeah, it live. I, yeah, I did have a t- well, I did, I did catch up on it. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: And uh, my question is, is what what are we thinking of you, Eubank Jr. You know, in terms of uh, his age? I think he's 32 now. Um he's got two defeats on his record against two very great boxers, George mm. Groves and Billy Joe Saunders. Yes. But what w- what what is the future for Eubank Jr. Where do you think he's heading towards? You, um,
3: I think I think Eubank Jr. I mean Liam Williams is 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 definitely no no mug. He's a, a top class fighter. Um and Eubank Jr. did 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 box incredibly well against him. Uh, he did look a, a, cl- a class above, yeah. really. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. He stepped up. He stepped up to that, you know, sort of world world level before and not 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 made it. But I don't know. Maybe with a bit more experience, having having a bit more experience, because he, he did start late, didn't he, Eubank Junior?
2: Yeah. Um,
3: and he so never had a trainer
2: either. He's only just started having a trainer. You know, he, he got to that level training himself, didn't he?
3: Yeah, he is almost a raw. Was almost a raw talent at the time when he was stepping up. So maybe now he's had a bit more of that ring craft um, and experience. He, yeah. could, he could well actually, you know, d- dominate at that level. But I, I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, and you now. can't you can't underestimate having Roy Jones Jr. in your corner either, can you? Really? No, I, no. percent I mean, for for someone like Eubank, um, I'm not comparing him in any way to Roy Jones Jr. at his prime, but um, you know. Slick, you know, they're both slick fighters, and um, if he was going to pick one role model for Ubank Junior, it'd be him, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I certainly think so, and I, I think if you look at the first four rounds of that fight against Williams, and like, like Liam said, w- Williams is no mug in the ring, yeah. And I think a few people looked at Williams and thought, oh, you know, he's, he's having an, an off night tonight, but I just think. I think the opposite. I think Eubank just fought so well, and he kept a, a nice distance uh, from Williams in that first. And he, he just completely outboxed him, didn't he? And sort of yeah, it played of him every punch.
3: Yeah, it's, 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 it's like he did with his uh, with his little showboat, which I'm, I'm not 100 percent a fan of, but no. it, it, it did look like a bull in a china shop when he was doing that little that little. Yeah. Um, Red flag, bull bull yeah, sort of thing, yeah. wasn't he? And it did, it did look a bit like that in the first few rounds. Um, I think we, we, Liam Williams was sort of hoping to sort of just wear him down over the rounds, but I think Eubank Jr.'s fitness held up as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it
2: did, it did. I think, because um, there was a lot of um, talk towards the end of, you know, why didn't he finish him off after such a good start? And I think it turned out he damaged his hand after about four or five rounds. So I think he was conserving himself. But yeah, I'm I'm with Liam. I'm not a big fan of the the showing off, especially Um, it was Liam's home crowd. And he was just trying to embarrass him a little bit, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. And and one of the things I was going to say on that, I mean, ever since Eubanks' debut in 2011, he's, he's had that, that, that attitude, that sort of cocksure yeah. um, attitude. I, watching him when it on his first fights, he, he he was always very, very impressive. But it was he was impressive in patches. I felt he yeah. showed sort of glimmers of brilliance, and then he sort of went back into his shell. I mean, are, are we saying that had if Eubank Junior could bring that sort of element where he can dispatch? people like Williams Early, he would be pushing towards sort of superstar, really, wouldn't he?
3: Yeah, I feel like he's on the cusp of it. I, 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 do, I, do, I do think that. Um, and, and I'm saying that not necessarily even liking the guy, as it were, do you know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I, you, you have to prop his skills and respect his talent.
2: Yeah, I agree. And then um, and at 31-32, he's running out of time if he's going to get this uh, world title shot as well.
3: Yeah, that's it. But you'd be amazed with all the sort of furthering in nutrition and sports massages and all the rest of it. Yeah. People seem to go on forever. <laughs> well, another friend of mine down the boxing gym, he's, he's just turned pro. He's 40. You would not guess it. No, like, way really. he doing? Oh, he, he runs circles around me in the sprints and I'm 25. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> 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 Crazy. Yeah, so there's, yeah.
1: there's, there's hope for me yet then. My, my journeyman career then is… Uh, yeah, you know, it's,
3: just, it's, like, it's just about to begin. Be sure yeah, yeah. I
1: mean. Brilliant. Uh, so, um, on that note, just to, just to finish off on the on the on the Eubank Jr. If anyone's got any other points to make, but it's, Liam Williams has been a little bit unlucky in his career. He's he's well, where does he go from here? And also the other point is Eubank Junior. Is he elite, or you know how good is he? Is my question.
3: I think he needs to prove himself um, one level up, and then I'd say elite.
2: Yeah, but. Um... I'd fancy him against Golovkin now, an aged, an aging Golovkin. Interesting, yeah, interesting. A few years ago, I wouldn't have done, but I would now.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think for me, I, 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 still have that sort of like. I think Golovkin still has that awe about him where you just, you just don't know what, what you're going to get, do you yeah. really with him? But, yeah. I know I do agree with you. He's obviously age is pushing on a little bit, so yeah. potentially.
3: I've, I feel like with the GGG fight. Um... Into Eubank Junior, it would look a lot set the same as the Liam Williams fight, except for I reckon round seven, eight, uh, GGG will catch him. I reckon, yeah, because it's sort yeah. it, of like he's. He, I feel like Eubank, he's fancy and he's good at keeping the range and stuff. But when you get tired, it gets harder to do so. And with with power like GGG, I I don't I don't see him coming out on top of that one.
2: Interesting. But
3: personally, yeah. I could be wrong, but yeah.
2: Does, and do you know what? Go on, go on, Matt. Go on, Now go on. Um, no, I was just going to say, if if he did manage to beat Golovkin, I don't, I still don't think he'd get his props at this stage because his two best wins would have been an aging De Gael and an aging Golovkin. He needs to do it against a live, you know, um, I won't say Canelo, but you know, someone who's an elite fighter but in the prime of a prime of their game,
1: really. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, you're looking at, yeah, I mean, Can- Canelo's just different level. Yeah, category, yeah. But he's just, you know, the guy is is literally a machine. But, um, yeah, so the, um, the other fight that happened, I think it was Friday night. No, Saturday, it might have been Saturday night, was um, Daniel Jacobs versus yeah. John John Ryder, which was a fascinating contest. I don't know if you yeah. both saw that one at Ali
3: Pali. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, it was an honour to watch it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was brilliant. The atmosphere both, looked class, didn't it?
3: Both both fighters really put put their arts out on the out in the ring. It was great. Yeah,
2: yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had a half a fight each, didn't they?
3: Yeah, that was it. And I feel like that that that's like sort of I mean Riker was sort of leading the shots, but I feel like Jacobs was moving and countering really well at the beginning. Yeah. But then again as Jacobs got tired, Riker started making some of those shots connect and it sort of he just managed to you just managed to tire him out quick enough to get enough rounds in. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I, 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 for, for me, I, I, you know, J- Jacobs showed his class at the beginning of the flight. He literally controlled John Ryder, who was literally trying to get, get inside. Um, he, he was trying to you know drag Jacobs in, into that sort of. I'm not going to say brawl because I've got too much respect for John Ryder, but he was trying to pull him into his fight. You know, sort of fighting on the inside. Uh, but J- Jacobs did such a great job of keeping him at length. Um, obviously, Jacobs, a two-time world champion. Everyone knows about his life. He's gone through quite a, you know, a tough time with 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 cancer. Yeah, and, amazing. So you know, it's, it's amazing that he's in the ring boxing, really. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was willing Ryder to get into the fight. He did. It made the fight what I would probably say a modern day classic. It was a fantastic fight, but how Ryder ended up winning it. I don't know. I'm torn between whether I'm I'm pleased about it or not, because I'm not sure quite how they came to that decision. Yeah.
3: I I, I, did, I I do agree with you in terms of counting the rounds. However, I'm sort of glad Ryder won because I felt like the rounds that Ryder won were run won more considerably.
2: Agreed. Yeah.
3: Um so obviously with the 10-9, I feel like Jacob should have won, but in terms of who in my in my eyes did take the fight. It would have been it would have been Ryder, although I was expecting Jacobs to get the decision decision yeah. with the ten nine sort of scoring system.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm a ten nine, which I think you have to base it on, don't you? In terms of a fight, I mean, um, yes, Ryder, he was much more conclusive in the rounds that he did win. But I actually gave um, Jacobs five of the first six rounds, um, and then I gave him the last two after after Ryder had come back into it. So. You Know what's that, 115, 113, and I think one of the judges had that. Um, but it, it's tough to call it a robbery, which a few people online who I think just keyboard warriors to be honest like wanted to call it a, a robbery, and it, it yeah. can't have been a robbery. I mean, the guy who gave it to um uh, Jacobs was the British judge, so yeah. <laughs> so it says it all.
3: Yeah,
1: 100%. Yeah, I mean I mean it, it wasn't one of those fights controversial where you think to yourself, "Oh, you know, this like, you know, it's, it's, this has been set up. It wasn't like that, but you just like 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 you touched on Rob that you know that the, what they call, you know, the the, the last two rounds, you got round 11 and 12. Would you really your hand and your heart have given Ryder of both of those rounds? I'm not no. so I'm not no. so sure myself. As much as I was willing it, I was yeah. thinking you, you couldn't hand on your heart say, yeah, you know, Ryder's well, got both those rounds. So yeah, it, it, yeah. It, I think it's, it's one of those boxing decisions that you're happy to see because the, the fighter who bought the fight won, you know, but uh, however, you know, you, you feel sorry for Jacobs because you felt he controlled it and t- probably probably did enough to win. I think so.
3: You have to yeah. always, always bear in mind that it's, it's obviously it's hard for, for judges because obviously they're watching the fight from a single angle, you know, whereas na- na- nowadays we've got every single angle yeah. watching from home. So it obviously yeah. looks, looks like, oh, how did they see that? But then when you're yeah. actually looking from one angle, I actually had it in one of my amateur fights. I was fighting and I kept coming back to the corner and my coach kept being like, you're losing this, you're losing this. I was like, what? I'm killing him. What are you on about? Yeah. Um, and my coach was like, no, nah, you've got to do more. You've got to do more. And then I won the fight, obviously. Um, and he was like, How that how did you win that? How did you win that? He was like shocked. And then he watched the video back that my dad had took and he was like, Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh so really that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah,
2: if you've got your back turns you know when you're you're facing your opponent with your back turned to your coach he's not going to see some of your work is he
3: well you know if you've got your hands up and someone's hitting you in the head but your head's not really moving and it looks like your gloves are up they're yeah. not scoring those shots so yeah. it's, it's 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 a difficult one which is why obviously they've got so many judges from so many angles yeah um to try and get as 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 um fair result as possible but it still is so hard
2: good point good point
1: that's a really good point. I've, you know, I've, I've never really, yeah, uh, stupid. I've never really thought about that. Anyway, um, so, um, our final fight we're going to look at. I'm going to hand this over to Rob because Rob has two tickets for the event. Rob, where are you going on on Saturday night? I'm
2: riding with Cal. There we go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm terrified for him, but um, yeah, I'm riding with Cal. I think, I think it would mean so much more to him, um, than, than to Khan. I mean. It's just such a bitter rivalry, and um, just, I just—I mean, I, I've been sick of people on on Twitter all week saying, now, "Oh, it's it's five years too late." It's just bloody enjoy it. You've been crying out for it for years, and now you're moaning knowing it's actually here. You know, um, <laughs> there's no point, you know, hypothetically saying, "Oh, who would have won? Who would have won?" We actually get to find out now. So, um, but yeah, I um, I just think that the the thing that's going to uh, counter the speed of Khan. His timing, and I think Brooks' timing is is very very good. So that's that's what I think. I mean, what do I know? Khan could go and blow him out in three rounds. You just don't you know, do you?
3: Yeah, I don't think he's got the punching power for it, though. Who, Brooke? Khan. Oh, Khan. Blow him out yeah. in three rounds.
2: Mm. Um, mm. I th-
3: I th- I, I, the way I see that fight is is Brooke sort of uh, stopping Khan, sort of round six, seven,
2: eight. Yeah, I said seven Khan, to nine. Or, yeah.
3: or Khan winning on points. Yeah, that's the way I see that fight going.
2: What yeah. are they
1: what, what weight are they? They're fighting at one sixty catch weight,
2: one forty nine. 149? Yeah, which is going to kill Brock to get to get him down because yeah. you know he's, he's not a welterweight anymore. And um, I think all the cards have you know been put in Khan's favor to get this fight. booked, yeah, to be cause, honest,
1: because if you look at it uh, throughout Khan's fight, he has always you know obviously he was he was lightweight, wasn't he? He was. He was mm. Did he start as a lightweight?
2: And then, yeah, and light yeah. light welter. So, so you know, yeah. and
1: you're looking at someone like the um, Kel Brook, who started obviously heavy. I think he might have started a welterweight, or yeah. But but you look at that, and, and you think to yourself, you know, coming down to that weight, that Khan is going to have the advantage, isn't he? It's just whether or not he's got he's still got the power. But
2: yeah, he's also um, put a rehydration clause in so that can um, so that Brook can't balloon up too much after the weigh in as well, which I think is a bit naughty, really. Oh yeah, wow,
3: that is cheeky.
2: Yeah, it's just all in his favour, isn't it? He's going to walk out second. His name's on the, the card first. I think Brooke just just said yes to everything to get the fight going. A, a,
3: a bit of a payday as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So I, I think they're both sort of. I imagine they're both. Obviously, Brooke, he's not fought in a while, has he? So, uh,
2: no, not since Crawford, I believe.
1: Yeah,
3: so obviously, I, I imagine it's a bit like, oh, one last blow, Let's get some pee. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, that's yeah, what they've got left.
1: Yeah, uh, Yeah but that's the thing i'm thinking i mean the fight against crawford i mean he was it was a bad loss wasn't it yeah, yeah. i mean do we think kelbrook has still got got it in him to to push this one over the line and win and
2: i think so i think so i mean if you look at i mean khan's only had one fight since crawford i believe against billy dibb which was a, a nothing a, a, no no disrespect it was a it was a nothing opponent, really, just for the cash in the Middle East. Um, and if you look at both of their performances against Crawford, I mean, I, I personally thought Khan chucked it in. He, he took a, a slightly low blow and, and you know, he, he'd had enough. Um, yeah. Whereas I think Brooke was stopped on his feet. So, um, yeah, there, there is a difference there. But uh, I don't know. I've just got this feeling about Cal on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've looked at it. I, I, I think it could be over quite early. I think if Kelbrook finds his rhythm within between rounds, sort of, I'm going to say early, I'm going to say like one to four, if Kelbrook can find his rhythm, wow. rhythm and, and get, and push Khan, get Khan in a situation, he could potentially get him early. If not early, it would be late on the round, but I, I I'm going for a uh, kelbrook Brook win. I, I can't see anything other than that, but yeah.
3: I would what? say that obviously, I, 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 I having had him out the ring for quite a while, I know what I know what you know. Four or five weeks did to me over Christmas, so
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah But I'm sure they, I'm sure they'll have had um, plenty of time to get back into
1: it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very different training camps as well. I think um Khan was in the mountains and uh, and Brooke was on the beach.
1: Well, oh really? Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I think he was in Fjota Ventura or somewhere like that.
1: Oh yeah, no, he is that. Yeah, I think that's his usual training camp. That's right. That's right. I don't
3: know. I don't know why this reminds me of the David Hay, Tony Bellew situation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for for me, that's all I'm hoping. I'm hoping that both boxes are fit. Uh, They're not carrying too too much sort of baggage from their recent sort of quite bad losses. I think they both lost to Crawford uh, yeah. quite, quite recently. Yeah. Uh, who's, as, as we all know, is an exceptional boxer. I mean, you're looking yeah. at a, an absolute superstar in the sport, aren't you? I mean, yeah, pound for pound, yeah. He's, 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 he's He's literally just a phenomenal uh, specimen, Tworford. But yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I'm, I'm I really hope it's going to be a, a great event, especially for you, Rob, because you're going.
2: Oh mate, I can't wait. Honestly, I, I'm, I, this this lad reached out to me on Twitter because um, I, I couldn't get a ticket on the sales, and he'd managed to get two pairs of tickets um, on either sale, and he obviously wow. kept the better tickets for himself and said, "Yeah, mate, I'll transfer them to you via Ticketmaster. All legit, um, face value." And I was, I was indebted to him. To be honest, I mean. I, I couldn't believe he was giving me his ticket space value. So, uh, yeah, fair play to him.
1: That's amazing. There the we power, go. The power of Twitter, eh, hey, mate? It's the, it's the, the power. Of, see, see there, I told you, Rob, That that is your pool on Twitter, you see. <laughs> there it is there. Um, so, listen, guys, anything else you want to chat about at all? Or?
2: No, no, it's good. It'd be good to sort of recap on it maybe soon. Um, have a catch-up on, you know, how it's gone down. And um, obviously, Josh Taylor's on the week after. So, it'd be good to catch up on a few... Few other fight nights,
1: absolutely. What we want to do, Monday Sport, if you want to keep this up, uh, Sport this Song is our boxing feature. Um, this week we have had um Liam O'Hare on the show who's got his profile. I'm going to tell you again, it's Friday fight night, it's the 25th of February at the East Side Rooms in Birmingham. 40 pounds for a standard ticket, 75 pounds for ringside. I'm going to put all the links and details in the description of this podcast
3: I, I will say with regards to the links and stuff none of the uh, link sales actually count toward my, towards my sales and obviously the sales really do help towards um, you know getting rebooked and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, so literally if if, if if you wanted to chuck chuck my phone number or email address um, or even just DM me on Instagram um, for tickets it would be a massive help uh, towards supporting my, my career obviously so I really appreciate that where can, awesome. everyone,
2: where can everyone find you Liam on Twitter and Instagram
3: uh, so my my Instagram tag is uh, Liam O'Hare. Um, I don't even know what it's called. You know, one of them underscore things. Oh,
2: underscore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: und- uh, that that would make sense. Underscore <laughs> Pro underscore Boxer. So it's it's pretty simple. Are you on Twitter? Um, I'm actually not yet. I need to I need to get myself on Twitter. I do have a Twitter, but it, it's not really. It's sort of I just follow my mate on it sort of thing because yeah. he asked me to make a Twitter. So I, I need to get on that, really. Oh, but mate, I'm, it's... I'm on Facebook as well. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, boxing Twitter would be brilliant for you, mate, honestly.
3: Yeah, I'll, 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 get, I'll get to it. I do need to get to it.
2: Good man, good. good man.
1: Well, listen, listen, it's been great to uh, have you on, Liam. We appreciate your time so much. Um, Rob, I'll see you on the next show.
2: Nice one. Thank you.
1: All right.
3: Awesome. Thank you. Yes, for cheers,
2: guys. Much. Nice speaking to you. Nice to meet you, Liam.
3: Cheers, and guys. you. I appreciate it, guys.
2: Cheers. Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye. All right. See you
1: Bye. Right, Rick. That was our new feature, Sport de Song on Monday Sportif, our venture into the boxing world.
0: Now, I'm not going to lie, I don't know anything about boxing, but I did enjoy that, and I'm thinking about getting into boxing. Here we go. What have we got coming up now? <laughs> Hard takes... That was uh, very special. Yeah, we're we're trialling it.
1: Yes, it is the part of the show, uh, Hot Takes, where we look at a hot topic in the world of sport or football. And what is it this? What's your hot take today, Alex? This week, Rick, I'm going to discuss Ralph Hassenhuttle. Hassan Houtel. Hassan Houtel. Correct. Thank you. So, Ralph Hassan Houtel is the current manager of Southampton FC. Um, He was also an Australian pro football player playing from 1985 to 2004 for FC Cologne... And Bayern Munich 2. Oh, twice yeah, as bit, good as the first Bit saucy. One, right? uh, he was a centre-forward. He scored 119 goals in 450 appearances. Not he also played for the Australian national team. Eight games, three goals. So a decent striker... Well, um, he's the manager of Southampton uh, We spoke about Southampton earlier He's having a good season with
0: him. He's having a good season Words and eyes, eyebrows are being raised about him And uh, Man United were talking about Well there's talks in Man United About having him uh, join uh, the other one At, uh, at United for the oh, new really? position Oh
1: really? Well Southampton currently stand 10th uh, in the Premier League They've got Che Chay Adams who's scoring on a regular basis also, Jay Ward Prowse, who Pep Guardiola stated is the best set piece set piece taker in the world, Rick.
0: in the world, in the world. That's my Jeremy Clark, um, Clarkson impression. As
1: we mentioned earlier, they've also got Broja, uh, who's playing, having a fantastic season, all under the management of Ralph hassenhutel
0: Correct. Yeah, they, I think they're playing really well. They're 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 fighting for every scrap, every foot of pitch and they're probably going for it probably going for it Do you see them play um, their press is really high I know that's a big thing at the moment Chelsea did at the beginning of the season they worked really well but Southampton I don't know what they're doing differently but maybe it's just not expected from the opposition because they're pressing very quick and they press in packs like Wolves um, but not Wolverhampton the actual Wolves the animal
1: yeah it's interesting um, he he did manage uh, I'm going to say it's completely wrong FC Inglostad 4 uh, they were in the Bundes- uh, Bundesliga 2, and he took them to the Bundesliga for wow. the very first time in their history. Can you believe
0: well, that? He's a, good, he's a good manager. He
1: then managed, I'm going to say this one again as well, RB Leipzig. Leipzig? Leipzig, yeah. From 2016 to 2018. How did you get that wrong? Oh, I don't know. But be- <laughs> be- be- before um, taking on the Southampton manager job, which is his fourth season now.
0: He's already been there four
1: seasons. Yeah, four seasons at Southampton.
0: Well, to be honest, to be completely honest, this season's the only season that I think he's actually doing something like proper good. Well finally sorted it.
1: I think he's one of those those managers who who needs sort of time to sort of embed what he wants. He puts his own sort of take on tactics and how he wants the team to play. It is his fourth season, but Southampton are tenth.
0: Yeah, they're tenth. We're over halfway through the season. They're playing well. I don't think they really have any injuries for them as well. War prowse plays every game. Yeah. And and, and he is the best set-piece set taker. He's quality. He is a very good player.
1: Now, what I have to tell you as well is, he is still the Southampton manager. However, he has been the manager when they lost 9-0 to Leicester in 2019. And when they lost... to Um, Manchester United in 2001. So he's lost 9-0 twice as as Southampton manager.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not good. But they're 10th. So they forget the past and remember the present. Able to
1: lose two games 9-0... That is bad. That is pretty bad, isn't it?
0: But I think it's taken a while for him to get his um, business together... And as you say, it's fourth season. I think he's disappeared into the, the lurky mist of the mid-table, well, the lower mid-table before. And now he's actually starting to make waves because when they play against the top six, they actually get some good results. I think they drew they against do, City yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so they're playing really well against the top six anyway. So,
1: um, yeah, so Long May, uh, Ralph hassenhutel's reign... Um remain at um, Southampton <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um so Southampton fans get in touch with us on Twitter at MondaySportive LDN. LDN and also on Instagram on the same handle and let us know what you think about your manager at the moment.
0: Are you having a hoot? Oh.
1: Oh.
0: That was episode 11 of the Monday Sportive podcast, Alex. I think it was a pretty tasty one.
1: That was a great podcast. Very enjoyable.
0: Um, how did you find it, Rick? I thought it was good. I thought it was good stuff. Your interview was classy. And um, yeah, I want to get more into into boxing because I don't really know what's going on. So I'm hoping that me and you can watch an official boxing fight and I can give the listeners a novice point of view and you can give it an expert's point of view sounds
1: excellent um, also we are looking to do uh, another from the terraces oh
0: my favourite because you know what happens at the from the terraces burger reviews it's
1: true we got the Burg- Monday Sportif burger challenge um, and, and we also um, go to all different games, mainly in the south of England. However, we are willing to travel, aren't we, Rick?
0: We are. We can hop on the back of my scooter and we can go wherever we want, Indeed. wherever the wind takes us.
1: So people listening, uh, give us uh, give us some ideas of where you want us to go. On that note, we've got a, a listener, Paul Stokes. Big shout out to Paul Stokes, he Who boy. is a Middlesbrough supporter. And I've got to say this just at the end. QPR and Middlesbrough are in the playoffs at the moment. It's a battle to the end. Who do you think's going to go up, Rick?
0: I'm going to have to side with the Stokesmobile here. Oh, dear, Middlesbrough. Dear. Middlesbrough. That's the way forward, I think. I think they've got it. I think QPR, I think they're slowly burning out. Middlesbrough just picking up some pace. Well, that's a, that's a, a miserable end to the show. Yeah, well, not, not for me.
1: But anyway, yeah. as always, thanks for listening to Monday Sportive. Please like, subscribe and comment wherever you can. And we'll see
0: you next time. We will indeed. Goodbye. Follow us on Twitter at, at Monday Sportif, LDN.